0: This is a HeadGum podcast. i see you. i see you. i see you. you. i i you. i i see you. in you.
1: i i Hello, everybody. And welcome to. We'll see you in hell. This is uh, we've been we've been keeping them coming to you week after week. But Joe and I haven't seen each other in about a month. A little peek behind the curtain. We uh, had to stockpile a bunch due to holiday travel. But we're reunited, and, and Joe, it feels so good. <laughs>
0: It does, actually. I, I, I'm i happy to see you, man. It's been a while. It's uh,
1: been a while. Stained. Remember Stained? It's,
0: look, if we could tie one more shitty to mediocre song into this <laughs> reunion.
1: I was, uh, my old, this girl I used to hang out with, we were in high school. She was a, a pothead before I even understood where she got pot. We were in, like, early college. And uh, I was straight-laced at the time. And... What kept me off pot for probably ten additional years after this was one night we're watching some show on television, Friday Night Videos or something. Oh, it might have been like a Tonight Show type. Sure. Deal. And stained that Aaron Lewis is sitting in a chair. He sits in a stool with his head in his hands. Is how he performs because he's so serious, you know. And he sings. It's been a while. And I'm I'm getting ready to like laugh and turn and make fun of it with her. And I look and she's like leaning into the television. Mouth slightly open, hypnotized by this Stained song. (laughs) And it ends, and I was like, well, I'm not going to make fun of her. She's enjoying the song. And it ends, and she turns to me very slowly and was like, holy shit. (laughs)
0: That is a deal
1: breaker if I've ever heard one. (laughs) Well, we were never romantically involved. My God. Um, Woof, 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 woof. Woof. There it isn't. I
0: I remember... Excuse me. I remember when the, uh, not the last Tool album,
1: the one, the, what was the one that had, I think that was the last Tool album. You mean, I know the pieces. That's fit. the second to last one. Okay, yeah, I don't
0: yeah. know the last one. They had a, wa- a slightly more watery version of okay. that sound on the next album. Anyway, when that song got released, I remember a friend of mine heard it first and he goes, Did you hear the new tool song? And I go, No, no, no. And he goes, Fucking sucks. And I was like, Oh, really? That's a bummer. Well, yeah. It sucks. And he's like, Yeah. And then I was listening to the rate the alternative station in my town. And they go, uh, up next, the new tool song coming up soon. And then after the and they went to a break, and then after the break they played, it's been a while. <laughs> And I thought that was the new Tool oh, song. Wow. wow! He sounds enough enough like him that if the, oh, I'm sure he was influenced by yeah. Maynard. And I was like, "What the fuck?" This blows. And then yeah. right after that, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, th- this new Tool song is pretty I good." Da-na-na-na-na was a cool song.
1: Yeah. And I never liked Tool. I like that song. I actually, well, I mean, that was not my kind of music at that time, as we've discussed. But I, I preferred Perfect Circle to Tool.
0: I never liked The Perfect Circle. I like that
1: first album a lot.
0: I mean, I don't dislike them. I just don't care. It's very and melodic. P- it's like p- Pussifer or Pucifer. I've never heard it. Pussifer. It's, uh, you know, the the. the, um, the Wait, actor. I just got
1: that. Is that Pussy Fur? Oh, wow. Well, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, well without- it's, I always thought it was a
0: play on Lucifer, but Pussy, like Pussifer. But I think you're right. I think it's both. I think think it's pussy fur and pussy fur. Uh, And the the lady from Resident Evils in that band, isn't she? Mila Jovovich, I believe so. That can't be right. I'm almost positive. All right. If we had a research person here,
1: but I don't care enough to Google. I don't care enough to even look at my phone. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, by the way, I know I really uh, with I had a lot of time off, and I got to really peruse through the Facebook page, and I engage with y'all every couple days and it's a lot of fun for me but uh you guys were giving us a lot of shit on one of these posts about being on our phone at the movie theater and it was going back to the justice league and i folks last jedi we weren't we weren't bringing the phones out (laughs) <laughs> this is Justice League four weeks into its release. It's my second viewing of it. His second viewing. Six people. In- well, they're 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 bothered by the lights from the phones. Okay. There's six people in the theater. No one like behind us who would be bothered by it. And I don't do that. I don't bust my phone out for uh, for movies. I that's that's kind of like uh, a holy time. You gotta you gotta watch that shit. I um, just wanted you to know we're not those annoying people. Although, in terms of things that you could do that piss people off at a movie theater for me that almost doesn't register if someone in the row in front of me has their phone out it honestly doesn't bother me it's not too bad for if it's me, constant
0: it's the modern day version of talking during the movie people don't talk as much during movies anymore
1: that's not true at all all right i saw a shushing go down the other night where i thought these guys were going to kick the shit out of the shusher <laughs> to the point where i was genuinely scared i shush I've shushed. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we know the bad Santa story, of course.
0: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I've shushed grown men. Yeah, uh, but I mean, to be done. it's uh, I can't stand people talking during a movie. I no. can't fucking stand it. No. I've yelled at uh, I've yelled at middle aged
1: women. Wow, to the sitting next to me, two two women well, you, in their sixties. You, you were dating them. I was. At the time, we were you were in a hot, sort of a Zach Morris where you were dating them both.
0: It was a hot three
1: way. It was open. <laughs> we
0: lived in a cabin and did. Uh, we wrote <laughs> books together. <laughs>
1: You met at a hometown buffet, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> she was at the chocolate fountain. I've always wanted to How is hometown buffet? I always wanted to go. Is hometown buffet old country buffet?
0: No, I don't think so. Oh, old okay. country buffet was an east coast Well, I knew it as an east coast thing. I've never seen one on the west coast. I don't think they exist I anymore. Seen either,
1: but they might be out of business even. My uh big once a month out to a restaurant with my family, sadly was told to Country buffet. <laughs> we, we that was a spot for us too. Yeah. yeah. It's it's it, it was great. <laughs> I loved it. That's why I want to yeah. know how Hometown Buffet. Why are we, why don't we just go to Hometown Buffet one day? I'll do it. There's one up in Burbank. Actually, everything you want that you think doesn't exist here is all up in Burbank.
0: I'm going to toss this out to the fans. I haven't even run this by you. The oh. idea just popped into my head. Glad I'm sitting down. I want feed give us feedback on the Facebook group about this. How would you guys feel about a tier on the Patreon, <laughs> where oh. you give a certain amount of money and Pat and I take you to
1: Hometown Buffet in Burbank. You'd have to be local. I, I would actually not allow somebody to fly out here <laughs> just to do that. <laughs> I, no, I love I'm, that idea. I'm
0: serious. I'm uh, You know I out would there. do it, of course. All right, so we're, we're, we'll do it if you guys want it,
1: uh, and you let us know if you want it. So now let's get on with the show, and at the same time, you think on with the Joe, Joe, Sheila, let me love you till the morning comes. Very good. Right. Very good. Now, the audience, our audience might not know that. Although, weirdly, today I was, uh, well, Joe, uh, all the fans were wishing me a happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday.
1: Thanks. It's I my, for
0: I wish you a happy my, birthday. My y- birthday y- today, God folks. Damn it.
1: I said it yesterday and I forgot to say it again today. Sorry. It's fine. I'm, I'm breaking your balls. You said it yesterday. Um uh, but I realized our fans are are, a, are around our age. For some reason I always think of them as being these young kids who don't who wouldn't know a song like Oh Sheila. But yeah. there were a lot of them who are our age or older. So I think of
0: them as much younger than I, I just find myself to I look at myself as a decrepit dying piece of shit.
1: God same. I mean I so. I put on a face mask last night. And it's because like for whatever reason 1 to 36 birthdays had no effect. I was never like boy you're getting old. I never do that shit. Because I don't, I don't feel much different than I did ten years ago, aside right. from uh, a wildly depressed streak. But um, thirty-seven for some, maybe it's the seven, the additional syllable or something. It feel that today felt old. See,
0: I think 37's a juicy one. I enjoyed thirty-seven. I was like, oh, I got three hot years left before forty.
1: <laughs> what do you hot hit 40? Years. Yeah, I mean forty. I've actually enjoyed. What if you and I pitch a, a buddy comedy? I'm not going to cast it just yet. I want to tell you a little bit about it first called uh, three hot years. Uh-huh. And you and I have been lifelong friends. We wake up. It's our 37th birthday. The one guy's like, I feel old a lot. The other guy's like, what are you talking about? We got three hot years and we see maybe in real time, those three hot years <laughs> unfold in real time. It's, yeah.
0: Well, your three acts are your three years,
1: I would think. So your movie's structured are, are excuse me. Our movie's structured. <laughs> who now who do you see in it? Who I think uh Vaughn is too expected, and Vaughn is also in his late sixties.
0: <laughs> I I am there's no bigger Vince Vaughn fan on planet Earth than me, but
1: yeah, he can he is not pulling off, 37 not pulling off thirty seven on camera these so. days. Uh I saw I watched this movie called Brad's Status, which I actually really enjoyed with Ben Stiller. Oh, is that
0: the one with Dustin Hoffman and him? No, no, that's I like Ma- that too. My Meyerowitz
1: Chronicles. Wait, what's Brad's status again? It's a Mike White movie. Uh, it's like another Greenberg type thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it was it was a yeah, just a very depressing comedy kind of. Right. And he's a guy who obsessively compares himself to all of his friends' life, and it's kind of really just kind of almost like a nice little fable almost about how you, you know, we actually see what is going on in the lives of these people that he. Thinks are having such a better time than him and et cetera. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it was it was really really good and kind of funny. And the kid who played his kid was awesome. And Stiller was awesome. Stiller's I, actually, always while great. While talking about it, I, I loved it more than I even realized. It was very good. Stiller is
0: always great. Um, hey, before we get, I to- hate to run us over to Pat's movie corner before it's time,
1: <laughs> and we haven't even cast this project. But but move on.
0: <laughs> well, I, I let's cast it.
1: I'm going to say I'm thinking
0: Prince Jr.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in a comeback role. then we'll need a more established star.
0: Um, Look, right off the top of my head, Channing Tatum, I'm going to toss him right in. And he's the right age. That's good. And then I'm going to put next
1: to Channing Tatum a Chris Pine or, you know, you're making a classic Hollywood mistake. Two handsoms, no comedian. Well, you got to go one comedian, one handsome.
0: I'm going to go versatile here and also fresh faces and also get your show a little more attention. Okay, I'm going to throw Tony Rock in there i think tony rock tony rock would be spectacular in three hot years
1: tony rock would be perfect for three hot years my show would have to be a massive hit for him to jump into the lead <laughs> in a feature film <laughs> well but, it's an uh, indie you guys are gonna love tony rock he's he's uh I, tony rock maybe I, well i shouldn't I, I was about to say his age but he's older than you think and the fact that that man hasn't popped is crazy he's He's so fun, Pat. I say it to myself
0: in the mirror every morning. Yeah, about Tony Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I, I do want to. Oh, wait. S- Before we go to Pat's movie corner. Yeah. Shout out to Do or Dive in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Oh. Uh, one of the greatest bars in all of New York City. One of the bars I plan on spending quite a bit of time at. Uh, in my uh, upcoming. Stints in New York uh, And uh, I've always loved the place I've been back a few times I have a fucking blast Every time I'm there And One of the bartenders Whose name is escaping me And I'm so sorry But he's a Tattooed man I, If I remember correctly He was bald with a mustache I do have a video of that's, him That's a good look Somewhere on my phone It was a very I, I think he had a, Like a Bronson look Like Tom Hardy In that Bronson movie Sure uh, Anyway I was thinking Bronson
1: Pinchot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: same difference. I had been drinking
0: at this bar for hours with my friends Heist and Michelle, and we had a, we were having a blast. Heist, Heist, Heist. Okay. He's from uh, Holland. All right, great guy. Michelle is my favorite lady in all of New York City, and and we just we just had a blast. Not, not Lady Liberty, <laughs> right behind Lady Liberty, <laughs> and
1: Lady Luck. It's hard to compete with Lady Liberty,
0: folks. Uh, but we were just having a blast and just time went on. And hours into this hang, the bartender goes, "Huh, I fucking know I knew you. I know I knew you from somewhere, uh, man. And I was like, uh, yeah, w- what's up? Where? And he goes, we'll see you in hell. I knew I knew your voice. I listened to your podcast, man. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I did a video of him screaming uh, that he loved the podcast on the phone. And I said, give us an on with the Joe. And he did it, and that's how you knew he was a real fan, because he went on with the job. Like he, nice. he did. And then I sent it to Pat. And, ne- uh, nearly
1: crashed my phone downloading a <laughs> four-second video. But it was just a wonderful, nice cool, yeah. surprise
0: at an awesome, awesome bar. So if you're ever out in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, if you're ever in Brooklyn, period, if you're ever in New York, period, make your way out to Bed-Stuy. Go to Do or Dive. It's a fucking great bar. Great
1: drink specials, cheap beers. It's awesome. Just go. Can I tell you about a quick uh, fan encounter? That maybe that'll be a new segment where our, our adoring public close encounters <laughs> with the fan kind we could call it. <laughs> it. It never really never happens to me. It did briefly in in my Vine days, but it doesn't anymore. Um, I was in Sacramento with Heather, uh huh, and for Christmas for Christmas, yeah. Uh, so you know, Heather's about five years younger than me, and her sister's about five years younger than her. So it's a very different age group but we were going to meet her friends at a karaoke bar
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: was a real kind of uh redneck type joint we walk in and it's like 10 of her friends who are like 25 years old and i i just felt old and i, I don't know anyone there already so it's a little awkward I don't, i'm not from sacramento but we're trying to hang out and the, the kids are kind of giving me the cold shoulder if i'm being honest then from across the bar I hear a booming voice go pad walsh <laughs> Turn around. Never seen this kid before in my life. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, uh, did I knock his wife up or something? <laughs> what, what's going on? And uh, comes over. Huge handshake. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Just a fan. He uh, he, he listens to the podcast. I don't know. He, he seemed to uh, knowledge more knowledgeable about myself than myself. He was like, my favorite thing of yours is, and I'm like, I don't recall saying that, but all right. It's a nice thing. It was great. It was very cool, and uh now, did you bang this guy after we fucked? Yes. All right, all right. but Heather watched. Um That's something we like that's, to do.
0: Yeah, that's that's. I heard that's the only way she can get it
1: off these days is watching me, Roger, another gentleman. Yeah, I like to watch. She says she tells me that whenever we get too <laughs> too drunk. You see, I look over, and in the darkness, you just see a cigarette get lit. The the flame appears in the darkness, and it's Heather's face watching, her eyes wide open, as I sadly. Try to force my penis into a, a an adoring fan. Folds it in half so it feels <laughs> erect in some way. Uh, um. Anyway, let's go to the movie corner. Now that we've sucked our own dicks, let's go. I got a bunch for this one. I have so many. I have been watching three to four and in some cases five movies a day because I, I worked so much and now I'm off for a long time and it feels great. Well, that's a lot. So, no, I know. Well, I'm not going to go through all. Of them. <laughs> I won't go through all. Of
0: them. All right. There you go.
1: Most important to me. I want to get out this movie, folks. Haven't seen it on a single top ten list. All the top ten lists are the same. The same shitty pieces of shit we'll be discussing maybe one of them on this show <laughs> everybody raves about the same movies I and mean, it disgusts me uh, it, because they're scared to venture out on their own they're scared it to like me. Say, oh well you know when i was uh when i was a cr- critic half-ass critic whatever i went to the screening of memoirs of a geisha uh-huh and this guy uh fell asleep and was a, I'm mean, going told the story on here before, but this critic, well-known critic from the New York post or whatever, fell asleep half hour in. It was a very boring movie wakes up because someone woke him up when the credits were done. And the man raved about memoirs of a geisha in the next day's paper. Jesus Christ.
0: It's I mean, disgusting. I know, I
1: know this shit goes on.
0: It's disgusting. It's, 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 yeah. So I have now you do yours first, but well, try it. I, on that note, I'm going to do my first one after your first. one. All right,
1: one. great. Maybe we'll we'll shine a spotlight on some lost gems. Is that what you'll be doing? No, as well? what I'm going to do is talk about the same old shit. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, in our new segment SOS. Yeah. Right before PS, I love you. <laughs> uh. This movie is called The Work. Hmm. Which is a, honestly a bad title. It's not memorable, but once you see it, it makes a lot of sense. Never even heard of it. But it's the kind of title that somebody tells you you got to see the work. And then three hours later, you're like, did they say the job? The, you know, right. like it's a bad title. The help. So, yeah, the exactly. room. So please write it down. The help. And it is now 99 cents on Amazon and no, you iTunes. just said the help. Did I? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> it's called the work. Erase the help and write the work. 99 cents on Amazon, 99 cents on iTunes. Uh, It is a documentary about at Folsom Prison. Is that in Sacramento? Up by Sacramento? I always thought Folsom Prison was like in the south. That's why Johnny Cash did that album there. I don't know. Sure. I mean, there's a city called Folsom up there. But anyway, Uh, Folsom Prison, once a year, people from Folsom are invited, if they want to go in and fraternize and have a sort of group therapy session with the prisoners. Oh, that's cool. So already you're like, oh, great. And you can, I, I imagine I'll make this into some schmaltzy piece of shit movie with Sandy Bullock or something. But, I mean, this thing for 90 minutes, and I am a man who is, as we have discussed, very dead inside. Yeah. Just an, an emotional void. Nothing. Yeah. I and I, I'm I'm now because of this movie happy to share this with you and not ashamed. I sobbed like a small bitch <laughs> from two minutes in till the end of this thing. I I was uh, yeah. I was making noises like yeah, like I will say sobbing perhaps yeah. And I don't want to tell you too much about it, but it's essentially guys. It's all it's all dudes, and these guys go in and they're all just kind of like i can't imagine myself breaking in here they, they're they they're they're judging these hardened criminals who are trying to force themselves to open up and access their past damage and it's really hard for all of them and then finally one guy will make a little breakthrough and then one of, there's a guy who's such a fucking asshole who comes in from the outside and he's like can i just make a quick like judgment here he goes uh i mean you had a little breakthrough there that's fine but like you know, won't you be right back in the same place tomorrow? Are you kidding me? Like, this guy's been in there an hour. And then this the hardened criminals, at, at certain points, get real angry with the people from off the streets. There's, sure, of course. There's screaming mashes and everything else. But the what the movie is, really, is every 10 minutes, a man who looks like he's killed hundreds of people will have, like, a deep... D- like dark emotional breakdown brought on by this group of like loving supportive men who are who make have to make an announcement at the beginning when we step in this room we put aside our crip and blood differences that exist out there. there's crips and bloods in each of these groups all right then i'm assuming it must be california i prison. think it is yeah, yeah. but I, I tell you what but the thing blew my mind and then i also started thinking should this movie be released these people are burying their fucking souls and having like these really personal things. But I think the reason they all agreed and consented to have their faces in it, I would imagine, is because it, it would help people. It like it, it. I would say that it changed my life. I would recommend watching it very very highly.
0: You sold me on it. I'm going to see it. Not beautiful often movie. do you sell beautiful me beautiful on movie. a movie. <laughs> I don't mean I, I don't mean that in a shitty way. I just mean you'll know, you'll rave about things and I'll say ah, I'll check it out if I see it. Or, yes. You know. This I'm going to go hunt
1: down and watch. Well, it's, it's a dollar. Yeah. Well, my beautiful dad... Beautiful movie.
0: My dad is a deacon in the uh, Catholic Church. He used to go and talk to the prisoners yeah. at uh, Greaterford Prison, where yeah. we used to live. And uh, I always thought that was a pretty cool thing, you know? So I, I'm Very interested cool. in this. Uh, I'm going to switch it up. I'm, I'm going to save the one I was going to bitch about for later. Okay. You got me on an emotional track here. I finally saw Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh... Ten minutes into the film, I was texting Pat saying, I'm just dead inside. Nothing. I don't feel anything anymore. Yeah. I I hate this goddamn movie. I was supposed to love it. I hate it. This main character is awful. Yeah. Pat was like, stick with it. Stick with it. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm more interested in the friend who she's treating like garbage. And Uh the parents are trying to keep the damn family afloat. And this kid's just running
1: around being an asshole, demanding she be called this ridiculous name. Well, Joe was saying, why? Why isn't the movie about the fat friend? Why isn't it about the parents? I'm like, Joe, it's all of those things and more.
0: And then as I continued to watch the film, I saw that Pat was right. I was jumping to conclusions. I realized that my reactions to this character at the beginning of the film were my own hatreds and criticisms about myself from that age. Wow. Uh, the The shift in this movie is, is impeccably written uh, that you see a daughter in the sort of domineering spiteful position for the first half and then it it almost seamlessly transitions to where the mom is doing it yeah you realize these are two people that love each other very much and don't know how to express it properly and get frustrated and then do and say things they don't really want to do or say it's beautiful when she reunites with the friend that she disregards loved it uh i mean dem- the end phone the song call. i i did, i, yeah. I, I had a
1: lo- it was a perfect choice of song i was like i don't even care that it's dave matthews it's, it's a really great moment
0: that when it cuts to them singing that on the hood of the car it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> the play auditions were one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah the, I, that's uh, what
1: people are kind of uh forgetting i think I, I never even see it mentioned in reviews is that it's really really funny
0: it's hilarious the kid that's how from, i feel about sopranos like kid from nobody me, mentions it as a comedy right Kid from Manchester by the sea hits a fucking home run. Just Love a that kid. devastating scene when he's yeah. crying and he's like, I'm just so ashamed. Please don't tell anybody.
1: That guy is, uh, I know his last name is Hedges. He's the son of Peter Hedges who wrote my favorite book of all time, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, okay. Not the novelization of the film. It was a book first.
0: Right. The novelization of the film was written by J.K. Rowling. He needed some cash. But it's just a it's just a beautiful movie. It's it's so true to life. My hats off to Greta Gerwig. She did a really really phenomenal job. And the fact that it took me through the emotional roller coaster it did where I was furious at the top of this thing. Right. And then laughing and then sobbing at the end when she calls the mom and thanks her and yeah. And I did that. The thing she does at college. I remember going to college and it was very it echoed a lot of the relationship with my mom that I have. You know, there were a lot of similarities there. Uh, But the one thing I really related to the most was the being brought up Catholic school, very much denouncing it to people, going to college and feeling so isolated and so alone, thinking all my problems are going to be fixed, and then going to church in college when I first got there because I just didn't know where to turn. And you're just trying to find anything that, you, that feels like a tie to home that you can relate to, where you're not being judged. And that also is saying, fuck these assholes that you're in school with that think they're too cool for anything or whatever. Right. Um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, I-, I loved it. Metcalf. She deserves an Oscar for it.
1: I think it's going to come down to her and Janny. And did- uh, Tracy Letts, who I never like. I loved as the dad. What was his line I in never, the car? What was his? He, I laughed so hard at one of his lines in the car, and you just saw it. I forgot it. He's like driving really, her to school. He had a, had some great joke. I remember really enjoying. Metcalf
0: is, I mean, it's 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 a half court swish. Yeah, she's awesome, and the main girl is good too. I can't remember her name.
1: Ciara Ronan. Yeah, it's a star Christmas. of Brooklyn. Yes, one of my favorites from a few years back.
0: But that thing where Metcalf is just like, why and don't Hannah. you just go to City College and then go to jail right. and then get out of jail and go back to City
1: College? Like, right,
0: right. It was just so funny, man. It was yeah. it was really great.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I loved her uh, the adopted uh, brother sister characters. Like they were great. There was just a lot of great shit in it. They're I would awesome. say, like you know, anyone reading that script would be like, cut the brother and sister character.
0: Now you need them because just you when you when you start to question the mom. You yes. realize she's taking these two that's kids correct. in, and it's fucking beautiful. And- so I'm not
1: saying it was the right note, Joe. That's the note you would get.
0: <laughs> well, it, I, I feel like because you 100- think like a, a suit these days. I do.
1: I, I can't help it. Um, Which means oh. I'm wrong 100% of the time.
0: I like to think I think like a like a G-string bikini, but that's just me.
1: What does that mean? I
0: don't know. I said you think like a suit. I think like a oh. G-string. like I, have a wi- I think wild. I don't know. It was a joke. I, I got
1: it. I got it. Harry, what else you got? I mean, I've seen every big movie, uh, so I I don't want to do them all. I'll say I saw the post Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. This thing is raved about on every top 10 list as well. (laughs) Folks, I I got three words for this movie Z, Z, Z. (laughs) (laughs) Snoozeville. It's boring. And Spielberg is lazy in it. Hanks is lazy in it. Streep is lazy in it. I, I Then Odin Kirk and Cross have a little role. They do. And I'm like, oh sweet, they're like reporters at the paper, like a like a duo. They're yeah, they talk a lot and hang out.
0: No, but I mean, are they together?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Are they funny? No, it's not a funny part. No, they're just like reporters at the paper. I mean, it, it's. It's certainly an average movie. This is the problem when you see these movies late. Like when I saw Joe was watching all these screeners now. You're going to you're gonna kind of hate them because of all the hype. You got to see these movies kind of early or else you can't escape the hype in your mind. But um, yeah, the post, I was just like, this? They're like, the movie we need now more than ever and all this shit. I'm like, come on.
0: I look forward to, to watching it. I do have a screener here. Uh, look, I'll say the same. It's fine. Uh, I... Uh... Another film I saw that, well, you know what? Let's hold it. Let's keep it to two each because we're already at the 30-minute mark here. All right. I have uh, about 40 more, <laughs> honestly. All right. Well, let's do, I'll do one more. You do one more. I'll do one more. All right. Okay. I saw, uh, I'm saving the third one for third. Uh, I also saw Itania. You I know you've seen it. Uh, again, I was sort of up and down through this thing. Um, ultimately, I liked it. Ultimately, I did feel bad for Tanya Harding. Uh, and ultimate, and again, it's a movie that pushed my buttons, and I and I like that. There were times in the movie where I felt sorry for her. There were times in the movie where I was almost yelling, "Oh fuck you, lady!" at the TV. Right. Uh, and it's nice to see movies that are doing that again. That's. Not what movies are supposed to do, but what movies can do, and when they're well done, they can do that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm speaking specifically now to James Gunn's uh, response to Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's right. She's like going to the movies anymore. It's like going to a goddamn amusement park, right? And then James Gunn is like, I I, I love Jodie Foster, but she seems to think that a blockbuster film can't be thought provoking. I'm sorry, Mr. Gun. Ga- Are you <laughs> t- trying to insinuate that Guardians of the Galaxy is thought-provoking? Uh-huh. Stop it. Um, anyway, uh, this movie was thought-provoking. You didn't know how to feel. You were laughing, and then you were kind of cringing, and then you were laughing at shit. You didn't even know if you should be laughing at it. Right. Oh, so you liked it. I like. Ultimately, I liked the it. The text I received from you was quite negative. I said, I'm 20 minutes into oh, I, Tanya, okay. I'm not that impressed. Yeah. But- Again, what I realized was, I haven't seen, and this is the same thing I realized with Lady Bird. I haven't seen a movie come out of this sort of, and these are indies, but they're still they're still Hollywood fare. I haven't seen a movie in a long time come out of the the sort of Hollywood market that made me feel that way. Right. Uh, you know, and not, and I wasn't mad at it. I just wasn't, I was looking at it as a Hollywood film. And so when you start to not like something, my first reaction is, oh, I'm supposed to like this person. These fucking executives are telling me this is who I'm supposed to. And then you realize, no, because honestly, quite frankly, it's a, it's, it's like a Lena Dunham girls thing for me. I really liked Girls in the beginning, yeah. but when the other shoe never dropped and there was never a reckoning for all these characters acting very selfishly and stuff. It never comes either. I watched the whole thing. I, I was like, well, fuck you then. Like, yeah. uh, this is what this was, you know? Like, so I I, I kind of have that in my head and I need to get that out of my head that that's what this thing is going to be. And I, I did like I, Tanya a lot. And I like the part where, I'm paraphrasing, but she's, where she kind of says the thing like, you're all no better Right, than the guy that beat me, whatever you know. I like it. I like that she's like, "Yeah, you're all bloodthirsty." Yeah, fuck yourselves. I love that the last shot is a pool of blood on the mat. Right, right. You know, almost saying like, "Come lick this up, you fucking animals." You know, like I I liked it. I thought it was a cool flick.
1: At that line when she's like, "You're all as bad as the," I watch. I watched it with my mom. Uh, She said, "You're all just as bad as the guy who uh, you know did this." My mom goes, "Well, I don't know if that's true." It's not, yeah. I wouldn't say we're quiet as We're not bad, as bad. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and J- Janny.
0: Janny's fantastic in it.
1: Janny is real fun in uh, movie. But I
0: would put the award nod to Margot... Roby. Robbie over Janny. Okay. Janny was Love great. Love Robbie in it. Janny was great. Robbie? Robbie. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, uh, yeah. Janny was fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from Janny. But I've seen Janny... Yeah, in, in in sort of similar roles to that sure. before. Not saying it's not great. It's just I've seen her in similar roles. Margot Robbie to me, I was like, I was like, that's fucking, she's Tanya Harding. I didn't, I, you know, I, there, at one point I was like, this is the same girl who played like fucking Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad movie. Right. And. uh,
1: uh Queer's seen some real lows and
0: some real highs. Yeah, exactly. And the wife in. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. So I. I just thought it was the first time I'd seen her go to that kind of emotional depth, and I really liked it, and I thought she was great. Should I I tweet
1: this right now? What? Air Bud colon Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: you're pitching that as a movie? Yeah. Okay. Now let's cast this film.
1: (laughs) All right. Let
0: me write this down, by the way, because that's good. All we need are a dad and a kid. my pitch for the dad is rick moranis in his comeback role actually he's probably the grandfather you're not gonna get him okay my pitch for the dad i'm gonna say billy gardell a buddy of mine and from stand-up comedy of mike and molly fans?
1: yeah i could see him being the air bud dad okay we're doing like a direct-to-video these movies aren't theatrical anymore it could be billy gardell well, we don't need to knock Billy and Tony well, down. I'm not with, knocking Billy or Tony. I'm saying they're not at the level where they're opening a, a feature studio film. I don't think Air Bud, Wolf of Wall Street. That's what I'm saying we're going
0: direct to video <laughs> with it. I think even if it hit theaters, a, a <laughs> Billy Gardell could start. Yeah, it. I think you're right. Fine. Uh So they'd, gonna, get, they'd get French Stewart. I'm going to put him in the in the uh, in the dad role, and then I'm going to put the kid. Th- I, I'm going to put the 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 black kid from Stranger Things in the kid role as an adopted son of Billy Gardell. Wow. And I think this is, we got the makings of something (laughs) really good here. But why?
1: Like you've always thought those two would be good together?
0: I just think they're both got a lot of charisma and I could
1: see it working. All right. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough.
0: And then I'm going to put in uh, Brad Garrett as maybe the bad guy coach of the other team.
1: I mean, I don't want to see this movie.
0: I do you want to see any Air Bud movie? Is there an Air
1: Bud movie you want to see? <laughs> uh, no, that's true. Um, it's it's noon. I'm going to tell Vince twelve fifteen. Another step behind the curtain, folks. Twelve twenty. I tell him twelve twenty. Listen to that. You, yeah, you're just well. I tell him twelve thirty. Twelve
0: thirty. This is Pat planning. As I'm casting a brilliant film here, he's planning lunch plans with my her It's my,
1: my, my birthday lunch. You know, the last time we uh, people did a people did a big discussion about what was their favorite fight of ours on the show, right? Boy, it was taking me back to some funny, funny memories. But the only one that I went back and listened to was everybody was talking about Rogue One, uh, which was one year ago today, probably. But it had just been my birthday, <laughs> and and. Uh, remember we had the big thing about i I invited you guys over to my house and you like you'd rather go to a bar that was when i started on well because there's nothing to fuck there yeah so we uh i listened to this entire episode again i was laughing so hard because it starts like there's barely an intro and you and i are just so angrily arguing with each other and it goes on and on and on for like a half hour It's, it's all very funny we're laughing right but uh yeah, that we've really lost the argument element it was so intense to listen
0: to Pat this world has beaten me down to Same. a place where I can't I can't turn Same. on my loved ones anymore right I, I don't have the I can't I don't have the time or the energy I don't have the balls I, I completely, agree. completely uh, agree look we're at the 37 minute mark let's right. why don't we move out of the movie corner uh we've got plenty for future episodes
1: we're getting the Joe's scary stuff
0: yeah and I got a real quick one I don't know if you have one or not but uh, Full Moon Pictures. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, folks, they had a great sale going on over the holidays. Uh, a lot of their classic films uh, restored and on Blu-ray, uh, and they looks like they've done a very nice job with these. I like the packaging. I like the cover art. Uh, and they are actual restorations, according to the website. So uh, go over to Full Moon Features. FullmoonDirect.com, excuse me. These movies are just like... Trash, right? Well, some of them, uh, they have trashy elements, but they're very fun horror movies. So I got The Creeps, Deformed Monsters. I got Hideous, Deformed Freaks. (laughs) I I got a Rituals of the Occult three-pack that has Totem, Voodoo Academy, and Netherworld on it. Voodoo Academy. And I
1: also got Head of the Family. Now, let me throw this at you, speaking of J.K. Rowling. Do you think perhaps some elements of Harry Potter came from Voodoo Academy? I've always thought that she's lifted Hogwarts, the best. Hogwarts, Voodoo Academy. Yeah, I've always
0: felt that she lifted the best parts of those stories from most of the Full Moon features. <laughs> yeah, production. Exactly. Anyway, so go on there. They're these they have these things for like eleven bucks. Like I've had, I've had the creeps on my Amazon wish list for a long time, and it was fairly priced on Amazon. It was like fifteen bucks or something. But getting it directly from the company that made it. And only having to pay twelve bucks, and then they get the the bigger profit, was you know obviously the best scenario for all parties. So yeah.
1: go check that out. I got a quick one. It's not a, and I'm gonna say it's scary stuff because adolescence is a scary time, John. <laughs> I want to recommend the new Criterion edition of the Breakfast Club. Okay, I, I John Hughes is is my my number one. I love him. I his movies were my you know Star Wars when I was growing up, uh-huh. and uh there's there's very little information about like you rarely get to see him talking or directing or hear interviews with him because he was mm-hmm. a p- very private man. Mm-hmm. So the special features on this thing are uh, fantastic if you're a fan of Hughes. Breakfast Club would be one of my least favorite John Hughes movies, but Le- what one of my least favorite of his movies really uh what the uh, hell are you putting above breakfast of Club? of his classics i mean well no no i know but i'm saying what do you... here's what i put above breakfast club 16 candles if I'm i being, don't agree if i'm being honest weird science okay
0: i'll give you weird science and i'll give you ferris bueller ferris
1: bueller's day off was next uh uncle buck no fucking way 100 percent way Planes, trans automobiles obviously I'll give
0: you planes, Trains. You're way off on 16 Candles, and Uncle Buck? Come
1: on, man. Without question. I'm sorry. And I lo- and I really love The Breakfast Club. All right. I, but that's how much I love John Hughes. I think he's got better stuff. Honestly, I mean, Home Alone, even though he didn't shut direct the
0: it. the fuck up. I'll, I prefer Home Alone. Moments after I said I can't argue with my friends anymore,
1: you're enraging me. Yeah. Home Alone? If we're going movies he wrote. Over The Breakfast Club? Home Alone, National Lampoon's Vacation. Okay, I'll give you that by, one. By the way, just listen to these credits.
0: I okay, know. The guy is, he's the Scorsese of tit comedy. <laughs> well, he didn't do tit comedy. I know. I'm just, it's just a f- funny
1: phrase. And you'll learn that when you watch the special features on the Breakfast line. Anyway, it's a, the the restoration, as with all criteria and shit, it looks unbelievable. And uh, the special features, there's an hour of deleted scenes on the thing. And what I'm has me it. rock hard, Joe, not the way you're sitting right now in a, in a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> what has me rock hard right now is that there is a three plus hour cut of plans trans automobiles that hughes showed to his friends and recorded the laughter and we've you talked know, about it you've told me about right. it are you are they going to release it finally once they start with one director criterion they tend to kind of stick with them if they love this and it's a big seller i could see it happening Well, I'm excited. Nothing would make me happier in the world. And he recorded a commentary for the DVD that he pulled from the DVD. He was like, I I don't want people to hear this much about the movie. I'm I'm pulling it. So the commentary exists. They could put that on this thing. I'm going to buy it.
0: I'm going to buy the uh, Breakfast Club criterion. I also want to get the new the Night of the Living Dead criterion. Oh, sure. Of course. You know, I love how they waited till George Romero was dead for (laughs) him to finally get the profit off of this fucking classic movie. He made right. Uh, anyway, um, I, you know, I'm pick I'm splitting hairs here. It's it's great that they put that out, and I look forward to getting a copy of that. All right, our film of the week. We are reviewing a little piece. Called The Shape of Water.
1: Guillermo del Toro. His latest uh,
0: feat. Um, it's a movie, if, in case you're unaware, about... It's sort of a throwback, I would say, to the universal uh, monster movies of the 40s uh, and 50s. Uh, not in a sensational... Over the top sense as they eventually became, but it, the, the true early ones like Drac, the original Dracula and the Frankenstein, and so on, uh, where you know it's a monster movie in a sense, uh, but it's really a movie about the characters, and it's it's got a soul to it, and it's a human story, and blah 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 blah, and the horror elements are there, but they take a back seat to that. So uh, this woman who is mute, she can hear but she can't speak. Uh, works in a top secret government facility as a janitor and she falls in love with a top secret government uh, 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 say project project who, who that turns out to it's a fish man. Uh, it's a fish man folks. yeah so anyway, that's what you're waiting for the big reveal. So anyway the uh, that's the gist of the film. Uh, it's about lonely people finding one another. Her her only friend is played by what's his face from Dick the Bongo Jenkins. movie, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins, who plays the Bongo movie, <laughs> who plays a gay man in like the fifties. So he is very lonely uh, because he's he's very closeted, and she's his only friend. And obviously, the fish man's lonely. He's living in a goddamn <laughs> government facility tank. Right. Uh, and then Michael Shannon plays the bad guy, and he's
1: clearly really uh, kind off. of a, a new type of performance for Mike <laughs> Shannon. I've turned on that guy. It took me a long time because I loved him so much, but now I'm like, come on, dude, mix it up. Um, He he does. Yeah, he, he likes playing those bad guys. Now, I'll say weird this. sex scene with Mike Shannon in this movie. It wasn't necessary. Absolutely not. It wasn't
0: necessary. There's a sex scene in the movie where he's fucking his wife and she's talking like, you know, she's t- giving him a little dirty talk, 1950 right. style. So right. it's just like, "Oh yeah, mama."
1: You know, it's it's <laughs> shitty dirty talk. Yeah. Bake me up a couple of them apple pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> uh, <Nah>. then he <laughs> whoo, he co- <laughs> he covers her mouth and he goes, just just, just don't say anything. Don't talk. And yeah. then you can see that that's like what turns him on. And as far as I could tell, that's only in there so there can be an unnecessary scene later where he tries to sexually assault the mute girl. And right. it's like, I, I already hated this guy.
1: Yeah, to it's me, like, I didn't even put that together. To me, I, I just thought it was like, uh, so you get that he's a bad guy. I'm like, I get it from him whipping his dick out at the janitor ladies. And then, like, slapping everyone in the face.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it was one of those moments, like, when he, like, comes on to to the mute character and then, like,
1: he doesn't force
0: himself on her, but he grabs her inappropriately, like, by the arm. And you, and with, with certain force, and, and you can see that he's got it in him to potentially assault or rape or something. It's one of those moments in the movie where you're like, I don't need the bad guy to do that. Right. This guy is already unlikable enough. Instead of that, I'd rather you give me a scene where I see a little humanity in the guy, so I can understand his motivations. Sure. Instead of him every scene him being this guy that's like "fuck you, me, me, me," right. I'm awful. It's like, <laughs> okay, he's awful. Why yeah. though? You know,
1: right? Um, well, to that, maybe you could have used that five ten minutes they spend on him to give me. Ten seconds of the love forming between the mute woman, Sally Hawkins, and the fishman. I I, I felt nothing. These people talking about them sobbing at the fucking shape of water. What emotions are you feeling watching this thing? Uh, you're, you're rooting for her to fuck the fishman. man? You're, she's a beautiful woman. You see her naked ten seconds in. And I'll it, tell you something. That body don't quit. It didn't quit. <laughs> and she's mute. Yeah i mean what a dream woman and she can cook yes uh she it's like go outside can't find a man have you left your house in five years that's why you're settling for a fish man go to the market meet introduce yourself it
0: shows that her only activities are making sandwiches for richard jenkins as he paints who's gay and then accompanying richard jenkins to hit on what happens, <laughs> turns out to be a straight man who sells pies. <laughs> yeah. She has no other social life. And then her friend, who... I love this lady. What's the actor's name?
1: Octavia Spencer.
0: She's fucking wonderful. Yeah. Can, Hollywood, can you let her play anything
1: but, like, the sassy lady from the first half of the century? She's literally like... so. Okay, so when you think of, like, the sassy black friend stereotype, if you're thinking of, a, like, a romantic comedy... Then he'd be like, oh, like, honey, how was his dick? Yeah. Let me tell you what Octavia Spencer says in the Academy Award frontrunner for Best Picture, The Shape of Water. So he's got a fish dick? <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> just because just it looks beautiful doesn't mean you're making fucking art. She's, and it does look beautiful.
0: She's such a tremendous actress or actor. She asks about me. the
1: fish man's dick. I
0: know. And it's like pleased every movie they make her be the lady that's like well honey listen to me child like they they just stop it yeah she's good she's great in it she's kind of playing that same part again obviously that's why i'm saying it but uh
1: everybody's very good in it let's look obviously folks we didn't like the movie very much It, it does it i will say especially like the first half it looks beautiful yeah, let's start with the positive. As all del Toro shit does. It Ex- looks fantastic. Extremely well-directed. Extremely
0: well-acted. And yeah. I will say, del Toro does stuff with the camera that excited me. And it's things I haven't seen since, like, early Spielberg. Right. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, there were moments in this. Like, when my, Michael Shannon's entrance, the way he has him dressed the camera move he does, the music playing, you're immediate it's literally like when the black coated Nazi with the glasses walks into the bar in Raiders of the Lost Ark uh-huh. and immediately you're like, This man is awful. Right. And I was like, God, that he, the guy speaks so much with a, a camera. Like he just he, he he gets so much across
1: with these shots. I guess and, I wish he did other people's scripts. That's how I feel about Shyamalan though. Really talented directors who need to stop doing their own material. I I agree. I think Del Toro is best when he's adapting, except for Pans. I love Pans Labyrinth. Pans Labyrinth is his true masterpiece and his
0: earlier stuff. But I mean, just uh, I mean, Crimson Peak was 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 a I would say was a bad movie.
1: It was, but I will say you know visually that one even more than Shape of Water. Uh, it held my interest for that reason alone. I thought it, I love the look of it.
0: I like the look of this. And that's kind of where, and I liked the first half. I was I was really enjoying the first half. And then just this point where I was like, oh, Christ,
1: man, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm bored. Yeah. Like, it's just dragging on and on. There's no real excitement to any of it. And the I got to tell Sh- you, Shannon with the gun out in the rain, that all that stuff at the end, I mean, I almost turned it off. I was like, that's enough. You're I, done. The yeah. story's over. Yeah. And I'll
0: tell you a real fuck you moment for me to the main character, the mute lady. Yeah. That fucking scene where – so so she lives above a movie theater. They live in this, like, kind of low-rent apartment above a movie theater. And uh, these people are obviously not rolling in dough. Uh, but they, they have what they have. There's a scene where she takes the fish guy into the bathroom – and plugs the door up with the, with towels under it, so so water can't get out. Yeah. And she turns on all the water, so the so the bathroom can fill up and be a tank that they can like be in together while they fish fuck. Yeah. And it's like, and then it like it's leaking down and ruining literally the man's business downstairs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Your thirst for bestiality is so strong that the fucking movie theater now has to pay a debt for it. <laughs> that that bothered me. I was yeah. like, that's just selfish. Yeah. You're an
1: asshole. And since none of those scenes had any passion to them, you didn't even buy that. Like, I got to fuck this fish man. Like, that, that's nah. the only way you sell something so, that insane and selfish is if it's like, I really got to fuck this guy. They, they had no heat between them. No chemistry. But folks, how could you have chemistry between a woman and a fish man? And folks,
0: here's the here's what it is at the end of the day. I get it, it's art. It's art. Story he wants to tell, fine. But just remember this for all of you writing blogs about whether or not you found Dave Chappelle's humor concerning Louis C.K. appropriate or not. Oh boy. There is a movie a that is a front runner for the Oscars. That glorifies bestiality. <laughs> That's true. Just remember that. Just when you say, is that joke inappropriate? There is a movie <laughs> that is going to get nominated for Oscars. Best picture. That that glorifies fish fucking. Yeah. So everybody calm down a little bit. That's all I got to say.
1: I can't go any farther than that, folks. Uh, I am at the patrick walsh on twitter and instagram my show featuring joe de rosa living biblically premieres on monday february 26th at 9:38 30 central take it away joe
0: joe de rosa comedy twitter instagram uh penthouse Com. you let me down every month in penthouse magazine uh, and that's it for now we'll see you next time we'll see you in hell that was a hit gun podcast